Are you looking for a new way to play fantasy sports? Well, we've got you covered. Welcome to Champions Round. Welcome back to the Champions Round Show. My name is Jason Golden, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Michael Grandinetti. Michael, how are we doing this week? Jason, doing great, man. I know a lot of people say the division round is uh, oftentimes the best weekend of football of the season. You know, I don't know if I would quite go that far. There were moments, I would say, where the round was really just, uh, out of, you know, incredible. Um, there were also some some strange moments as well. But with that said, we're down to the final four, man. You know, and I just can't wait for uh, for this weekend. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm doing great. Very excited for these games. Uh, I think that we got what I consider to be the best four teams left. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, Saturday last week was kind of a snooze fest. Uh, I thought the Buffalo uh, Baltimore game would be awesome. That was, I mean, I think that was the worst game of the weekend, to be honest. And yeah. Sunday, Sunday kind of started out the same. Now, you know, Chiefs up 19 to three at half. I thought it would be a blowout. I had a lot of money on it being a blowout at the Chiefs scoring a lot. And then Mahomes get injured, and the rest of the day was uh, maybe not awesome because Mahomes got hurt, but mm-hmm. definitely exciting the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, and I, I was. I thought the Browns were going to win there for a while, and I couldn't believe that we we're going to get a Buffalo, uh, <laughs> Cleveland AFC championship game. That was wild to me. It did kind of look like that for a second, you know. Going just first off with the Buffalo Baltimore game, you know, I texted you about midway through. I think it was probably a little before halftime, and I'm like, "Man, this is ugly." And, and you just had one word back, and it was so appropriate. And all you said was "very." And uh, <laughs> I just thought that was just like, like I said, so appropriate for the situation because. Hey man, I, I know that wind was blowing. You could see see it on the flagpoles, but maybe it was playing even a bigger factor than than we realized and and what the you know the gusts what what the mile per hour gusts were were saying. You know, so um, I think that probably played a factor there. But that was ugly. And then, like you said, in the other AFC game, man, uh, Patrick Mahomes goes down after the Chiefs are just scoring every single time they got the ball, and it looks like the Browns are maybe gonna you know, come, f- come from behind and, and win that game and didn't end up falling, falling their way. But I was actually, uh, I, I was kind of impressed. I thought Baker actually played really well, despite the interception, you take that away. I thought he played a really good game. And I, I think the Browns showed that, that they're coming, you know, I think the Browns are definitely coming. They have a great coaching staff uh, and a lot of elite players. They do need to build up the bottom of their roster quite a bit. And I, you know, Baker did play well and he definitely has kind of the, the stones in those games. He's definitely not afraid of the moments, mm-hmm. uh, but he, I don't know if he can also lead a team. Like there's a difference between playing. Okay. And you know, the rest of the team lifting you up and being able to go out and take a win. Right. And if you, if you look at the four quarterbacks that are left, I, all of those guys can go and win a game for you. And I'm not sure that Baker has that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not quite yet. I was impressed. He was throwing the ball quite a bit uh, more than I actually expected. It was one of my takeaways and we kind of, kind of beat me to the punch there, but uh, I thought Stefanski actually had him throw the ball more than I was expecting. I thought he threw the ball pretty well, but like you said, I mean, we, we got the four best teams left and probably the four best quarterbacks in the league. And, um, you know, the Cleveland Browns window is now in Baker's in Baker's rookie deal where they can actually build a team around him. So who knows what they do next year, but there's no comparison between him and these other guys right now who, you know, are not only great players, but they're playing on great teams. And, you know, it, like you said, I think we got the four best teams left. There's a good chance that the four quarterbacks in these games are the top four in the MVP race this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe Derek, maybe Derrick Henry sneaks in there, but it's probably these four guys. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, 
it's pretty amazing. What Tom Brady's in his fourteenth fourteenth uh, conference championship game, and unbelievable. I unbelievable. mean, it, you know, you, you don't want to. I know the the marriage between Belichick and Tom Brady is highly highly documented, and people talk about it all the time. But for a guy to go to Tampa Bay his first year and bring that team you know, all the way to the conference championship game, I mean, I yeah, you just words don't do it justice of of what he's been able to do over his entire career and this is arguably one of his most impressive campaigns maybe maybe his skill set is diminished a, a little bit and and maybe he's not quite the player athletically that he once was but for him to turn that whole organization around that was one of the big takeaways for me also this weekend yeah absolutely he's uh he's a legend there's a reason why he's the greatest of all time yep. uh which is something that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later on mm-hmm. uh but i want to start with you uh obviously the big story going into this week is about Patrick Mahomes' two injuries. Um, so he obviously left the game concussion protocol. Doesn't seem like he actually had a concussion. It looked like it was more of a neck thing that knocked him out. Um, he's passed all of his concussion protocols. It looks like he'll play. He also has this turf toe injury, mm-hmm. seems like, uh, that he got early on in the game. He was definitely gimpy uh, halfway through the Browns game. So let's pose it like this. Without Mahomes, what do you think the Bills would be favored by in Kansas City for this game? And two, are you concerned about either injury uh, affecting Mahomes' ability to play if he does indeed play? I'll kind of start with the actually the second one. I'm I'm more concerned if he does play with actually the the toe, the foot injury. Um, the, that he seemed to be hobbling quite a bit there, and he seemed to be in quite a bit of pain. Now, with with that said, the head neck injury. I mean, that was a, a pretty scary scene, even for someone like me who was. Um, who had said he was rooting for the Browns and I was rooting for the Browns in the game, you know, you, you didn't want it, Cleveland to win that way. You know, it almost felt dirty. It felt a little guilty. I know you play the team that's in front of you, but if Cleveland were to go ahead, you, you just, you wanted to beat Kansas city, especially Patrick Mahomes at his best. So um, I'm happy. It sounds like he's okay. He's on track to play, even though that hasn't been confirmed yet, but really scary scene there, you know, on, on Sunday afternoon. Now the spread is interesting to me and I'm kind of curious before I answer the, 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 the adjusted spread, do you think that, cause I'm seeing it now around two and a half, around the two and a half, three point mark. Yeah. Is that in consideration with Mahomes? Do you think that's with Mahomes being out there or is there any adjusted spread already thinking that he might not suit up? So I'll lay out the entire spread for you. So, it opened after the game at Bills minus one. They took it off the board. Okay. Uh, then it moved to three and a half. So <clears throat> late Sunday night, it pretty much seemed like people in the know knew that Mahomes' injury was not actually a concussion. It was more of a neck issue that caused him to go out. Um, regardless, he had to get through the protocol, but I think that everybody was pretty clear that he was going to play. So that was the adjustment uh, from minus one. That was quickly taken down, Kansas City minus three and a half. That was quickly hit by sharp money, which pushed it down to minus three. And I think that the reason that you're seeing two and a half pop up is one, I think probably the toe uh, is a little concerning. I think that they're probably getting a little bit more Buffalo money from sharp players than they would like. uh, And they want to get people to buy back on the two and a half. I also just think it's some risk management for them to even out the money in terms of the three and a half and two and a half that they put out earlier in the week. Um, so that's kind of why it's hovering. Right. I my guess is that it'll probably stay at three concretely through probably now through Sunday, unless big money 
comes in on Baltimore or on Buffalo. Got it. I maybe maybe gets down to two or two and a half. Uh, that's kind of what's happened thus far. It's interesting. So I guess the spread is in place with the assumption that Mahomes is going to play. Got it. You know, I'll be honest. I we'll talk about it a little later. I love Kansas City minus three. I, I wasn't impressed with Buffalo. With that being said, if he doesn't play, I I, I guess it's going to be kind of in that pick 'em to Buffalo minus two range. I, I think that's a roughly. You know, if you look on the the high end of it, it's almost a touchdown difference there, which makes sense to me. You know, I, I think we saw Chad Henney go in on Sunday and he can get the job done and and he could win you some games. But against Buffalo, who maybe the offense uh, against a, a strong Baltimore team, you know, you got to give the Ravens credit for what they did defensively. But Buffalo struggled, but the Bills defense also played pretty well. Um, so against uh, Chad Henney, you think that's going to play as well. Um, that defense is going to carry over. So I, I, I think if Mahomes is out, I, I kind of see it in that minus two area for for Buffalo. I'm fairly confident that Buffalo, if Mahomes didn't play, would be above three. I actually have the number at four and a half. Oh, wow. Uh, my reason being Mahomes, if you look at some of the charts that are around online in terms of how much a quarterback is worth, Mahomes is about six, 6.1. So take that at two and a half. You're at three and a half already. Uh, that's about kind of where I think it would start or open at. And then I think that money would quickly come on Buffalo. And I think that it would probably start getting bet down at four and a half. So maybe it ended four. Um, somewhere in that range. I, I could see it going all the way up to six. Uh, I mean, Mahomes, just he just means that much. He's that yeah. good, right? So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that go that high. Um, but – Again, I, I feel fairly confident Mahomes is going to play, and I agree with you that the toe injury is more concerning than anything else at this point. He, I think he'll probably be cleared by today or, or uh, Friday or Saturday uh, for the game on Sunday. Yeah, and that's good news that also the, the 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 point spread is taking into account that he's going to play. I mean, just from kind of what I was mentioning watching the game on Sunday, it's like you want to see Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes out there this weekend. Like you don't want to see – for as great of a story it would be to see Buffalo in the Super Bowl, you want to see Buffalo beat Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. So just as a football fan, I think we're both – I think everybody's keeping their fingers crossed. Well, maybe everybody except for the guys in, in, in the Bills locker room are keeping their fingers crossed that Mahomes playing this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And it should be a spectacular game. We'll get to yeah. it in a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, one of my big takeaways from the weekend, was the – absolute stones on Andy <laughs> Reid and the, the fact that I, I'm wondering if the NFL is actually paying attention to what he's doing um, in this way. A lot of people can take what he's doing on offense and the, just say, oh, he has spectacular players, whatever. The guy will go for it in any situation. He believes that every down is a passing down, which I firmly believe is the way and analytics will back me up. That's the way you win in the NFL. Pass early, pass often, uh, short yardage, doesn't matter. Uh, fourth down situations, don't run it right up the middle quickly. Want a quick snap, take some time, be creative, throw the ball short, go for it. And I'm wondering if the NFL is truly watching. Uh, it seems like these guys talk about analytics, but they're not willing to actually do it. And the fact that Reed's willing to do it with his backup quarterback is just absolutely phenomenal. This is how you mm -hmm. win Super Bowls. So I, I was just – I was wildly impressed with him, and I, I think that the rest of the NFL should be um, as bold as he is. And and Eric Bieniemy, He called the, the play, too. 
guy that should get a head coaching job. He did an absolutely fabulous job on that play and has for the last couple of seasons. Well, you know, the, the question is, is NFL paying attention to Andy Reid? And damn, I mean, they they should be. He's been doing something right for only two decades now. Um, and it, it, him winning the Super Bowl was only just the crowning achievement. But, I mean, Andy Reid's been one of the best coaches in the National Football League for quite some time. And, and I, like you said, the Stones, I – that's one way to put it for sure. You know, that throw on fourth down to ice the game. I mean, that was Andy Reid in a nutshell. So the NFL should be paying attention to what he's doing. There's a reason why he's had so much so much success. And it kind of brings up uh, another point for me about the Eric Bieniemy situation. And I'm wondering if Kansas City's success in the postseason is hurting his chances at interviewing and landing a, a head coaching job because he's still so involved with Kansas City. Because it doesn't make sense to me that you could have a guy with this resume from the Andy Reid tree. And we've seen what the Andy Reid tree has produced as far as NFL coaches around the league. Why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting his first head coaching job? And it just kind of bugs me because you see other guys that are probably well-deserving too, but I don't see how anyone's more deserving than, than Eric Bieniemy right now. And so you would think taking Andy Reid's, you know, offensive coordinator and uh, seeing the success that Andy Reid has, you would think a team like the Chargers with Justin Herbert would want to pair him with Eric Bieniemy and uh and, and really develop their their franchise quarterback. So I hope the NFL's paying attention, but man, it doesn't seem like it sometimes and it seems like it continues to be in Andy Reid's favor. Yeah, I I, I think that the fact that Kansas City is going deep in the playoffs is definitely causing some issues. Um I don't know, obviously, behind the scenes with the enemy, how, how he's interviewing or if people are uncomfortable with his coaching or leadership style or whatever it is. But, I mean, some of these, some of the hires that are coming out, I mean, I can't believe that a guy like the enemy is not getting a job. Seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. Um, and, and the the Charger situation was a, an interesting one for me because it was reported uh, late last week, maybe earlier this week, that they were pretty confident that they were going to hire mm-hmm. Brian Dable. Uh, OC for the Bills, uh, which I thought would have been an absolutely money hire for them, for Herbert specifically, because him and Josh Allen have a lot of similarities. Uh, Herbert's probably, you know, definitely a more accurate passer, uh, less legs, but um, comparable um, players. And having Dayball in there to just install that same system with those wide receivers, I mean, it sounded like money in the bank to me. And then out of nowhere, they hired the Rams DC. Uh, which seems odd. He seems like obviously he does a spectacular job with the Rams mm-hmm. defense this year. Um, and he might be the defensive McVay, which in, in which case great hire, but your entire franchise depends on the right arm of Justin Herbert. Why aren't you doing everything in your power to develop and maximize everything that you have out of him? Uh, that didn't make sense to me at all. I'm right there with you. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the day will, you know, possibility there seemed like a good fit for all the reasons you said, and, you know, Brandon Staley, like you said, maybe he's the next Sean McVay. But when I look at his track record, I think he was one year as the uh, the linebackers coach in Chicago. Next year, he's defensive coordinator for Sean McVay. He had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I think I probably, probably could have called a pretty good game defensively with those guys <laughs> on, on the field. So, um, hey, who knows? Maybe he's the, the next great young NFL head coach, but kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, and I get why Bianami maybe in the Chargers wasn't a great fit. It's within division. Uh, that could be a little dicey. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe that they didn't yeah. go for Dayball. Anyways, um, let's move on to kind of the, the next topic that I wanted to discuss was uh, 
Aaron Rodgers. So obviously Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, searching for a second Super Bowl. Um, and this this Brady uh, Rodgers matchup is just absolutely spectacular. So I wanted to know where you thought that Aaron Rodgers would move into the all time ranks, maybe now. And then if he wins a second Super Bowl, where you would move him into then. And uh, also kind of talk about how this is like the first non Brady Manning matchup in the playoffs. That's like of like top five quarterbacks ever. It's just absolutely spectacular. Matchup. Yeah. I was trying to think of another one of those. I mean, I, I couldn't remember um, uh, another top five quarterback in history matchup other than the Brady and, and Manning series that we saw almost a year in and year out. I mean, those were really classic matchups. So it's pretty exciting that we're to see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady one game away from the Super Bowl. Going to the top five, I'm going to start with this. I, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. And, and I'm also going to say that I think Mahomes has a chance to uh, take that honor in a decade or so if his career goes the way that we think it's going to. So uh, I'm going to put a little asterisk on that. But currently today, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback that I've that I've ever seen. And now with that, I know most talented doesn't is, isn't necessarily the top five greatest. So uh, I've never been one to think that rings the, the rings argument is an end all be all when you're comparing players. I know it's different in football than the obvious case basketball where rings really hold even more weight. But uh, rings are definitely a, a part of the pie. And that mixed with talent, longevity, influence on how the game is played, respect to the peers, other factors. I, you know, I was talking about Tom Brady earlier. He's the GOAT. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Three-time MVP, six-time Super Bowl. It's him. And then, you know, the other four behind him, you could put in any other order. But it's Tom Brady in a class all by himself. And I'm sure he's on number one on your list as well. My other four... I got Montana at two, two-time MVP, four-time Super Bowl champion. I got Peyton at three, five-time five-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl champion. And I think he probably could have had a lot more Super Bowls had he not been going uh, through New England almost every single year. And it's kind of like the the Chicago Bulls of the 90s where, hey, Charles Barkley was a great player. Patrick Ewing were great players, but they had to go against Michael Jordan for you know a decade and a half. And a lot of great players didn't win as many rings or any rings at all because Michael Jordan was in the league. So I got Peyton at three. Then I got Aaron Rodgers at number four. And I actually think he can jump Peyton with the Super Bowl this year. He's got two MVPs, likely a third one coming here in just a little bit. And he's a, a, a one-time Super Bowl champion. He's been to a couple more NFC Championship games. He's in his third or fourth now, I believe. And, uh, and I think he's got a great chance to win the Super Bowl this year. So with a win... I think he can go up to number three, and then rounding up my top five, I got Elway, who's one-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl champ. So I'm, I'm curious how how that uh, correlates to, to your top five. Yeah, so I have uh, Brady one, Montana two, Manning three, uh, and I debated between Elway and Rodgers at four or five, uh, and I, I gave the Super Bowl as a tiebreaker to Elway, even though I think Rodgers is a way, way better player. Um yeah, Elway went to, went to <laughs> yeah. five Super Bowls and and, and he won and he won two. Uh, Rogers only been to one, one, one. Uh, he's this is his fifth NFC Championship game. Uh, I think two Super Bowls. If he went two for two, uh, I think that probably puts him ahead of Elway. Um, but I'll I'll have Elway four for now. And then the other interesting thing is I went through this list. It, it is kind of a quick fall off historically for for quarterbacks. Um, I. I already have Mahomes at 10. 
all time. He has he has an MVP and a Super Bowl and like all sorts of passing records for yeah. young players. So I if he retired right now, I think I legitimately think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue, man. I he's right there, you know. There's hey, I'll tell you this. I can't imagine there's 10 quarterbacks I'd rather take, you know, in the history of the league than than him, you know. So I I I, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, at a, at his height, are we talking about one player for one game? I'll take him like <laughs> maybe one. <laughs> I'm looking at the list. Like, I, I think to to win a game, I'd probably yeah. still take Brady over him. But I, uh, maybe I, I I mean maybe I'm a little too young for the Montana thing. But I sure want my chucking yeah, the ball. You know, I, the I, it's it's hard to argue. That's another one that I was thinking. You know, and he's. Maybe Mahomes isn't in the top five yet, but we will look back on it one day where we did get a Mahomes Brady uh, AFC Championship game, and uh, and that that will go down, you know, later on. They weren't top five at the time, but that that will have some significance, you know, when you look back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and a classic definitely. game at that. All right, so talking about Mahomes in the playoffs, I think it's probably time that we should just start on the games. Uh, and I'll start, I know it's the late game, but we're talking about Mahomes. So I want to go and get your picks on this one. We have the bills at Kansas city, Kansas city right now, either minus two and a half or minus three, the over under is 54. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? And do you think that the bills have a chance to bring this out or are we just all on if Mahomes is playing, we're not taking the cheat or we're not. betting. I'm kind of in that, in that mindset right now, if Mahomes is out there, I'm not picking against the Chiefs. I and and it's no disrespect to to the Buffalo Bills. They've had a great season, but uh, and maybe the weather had something to do with it last week. But the the passing game, I mean, they they <laughs> they're very obvious with what they want to do. They threw the ball, I think, on the first 20 plays of the game. But Josh Allen still only threw for about 200 yards in in the contest, roughly. Um, I think Kansas City is going to do whatever they can to cover Stephon Diggs and and kind of do the NBA basketball treatment where you know i'm gonna cover lebron james in this case i'm gonna cover stefan diggs and if uh george hill makes a shot in the corner then you know i'm gonna live and die with the george hill three and i i think that's got to be kansas city's mindset in in this game i, I think you got to double stefan diggs and outside of him you got to make cole beasley gabriel davis and whoever else dalton knox and the rest of the pass catchers really make plays and and, and beat you that way so um that's at least what, what I'm doing if I'm Andy Reid and I'm, and I'm, you know, scheming on the defensive side of the ball. But if Mahomes is out there, I mean, they, they scored on almost every single possession. They scored on every possession last week in the first half. They had one possession end with a missed field goal, another one end with a Chad Henney interception. And then the last uh, possession of the game ended because the clock expired and the game was over. So, I mean, they were rolling. And if Mahomes is there, I'm taking Kansas City and I, I love them to cover. So I already bet on Kansas City <laughs> minus two and a half because like this guy couldn't I couldn't handle the number. I was like, all right, I'll take it. Um so both teams obviously are gonna come out throwing the ball a lot. But that's what both these teams do, especially if Mahomes is out there. Uh but I do think it's gonna start the game's gonna start pretty slow. Usually these games start slow and then they get going a little bit. So from a betting perspective, live in-game betting, take the over uh after the first quarter, take the first quarter under. Oh, Just, I love that. I'll I love put that, that out there for everybody. <clears throat> um, in terms of the actual game, I 
I can't bet against Mahomes at home. I also can't bet against Mahomes when we're going up a team against the Bills, who, let's be the Chiefs and the Bills are both electric teams. They've played unbelievable games this year. They're wildly talented, very well coached. But the Chiefs haven't played a great game in mm-hmm. uh, two months. And the Bills last two, they won both playoff games. But let's be honest, they haven't looked that good. The Colts almost got them at home. They didn't play great in that game. And Baltimore shot themselves in the foot. Uh, it's not like I mean, the defense played well. For sure. But I think the wind mm-hmm. helped them out a ton because all that all they had to do was focus on the running game. And there was no threat of Lamar throwing the ball down the field and they didn't have to worry about them kicking field goals because Tucker was missing everything. So it's really easy to stop Baltimore when they're not able to beat you side to side or over the top. And you're not worried about Tucker kicking field goals. So let's get that straight. Also, let's talk about the fact that Baltimore was going in to tie the game and one bad Lamar throw changes Absolutely. the entire game. So I, I don't. I don't think it's like the Bills have played awesome. So uh, I'm not coming in here thinking that the Bills are the better team. I think that they probably have more talented roster, but the Chiefs have the superstars. And ultimately, when it comes down to it, these guys have the playoff experience and they have the best players in the field and they're at home. So I'm going to take Kansas City. And I, you know, if, if it loses, it loses. But I, I don't see... Mahomes going one and two in AFC championship games at home. I just don't see that happening. I think it's more likely if you look, take a macro view, he's going to go two and one. We've talked about on the show, like when you're setting your fantasy lineup and you're debating between like two or three guys to, to fit one spot and you're, you're looking at the matchups and ultimately sometimes it comes down to which pill is easier to swallow. So, you know, if you have a stud running back, who's got a bad matchup, you're going to be okay with throwing him out there and he might not have a good game when, you know, a, a backup running back ends up going off on your bench. It's like, yeah, you're bummed, but ultimately you would have been really upset had it been reversed if you threw that backup in there because you're playing the matchups and the stud on your bench end up going off. I kind of look at it the same way here. It's like Chiefs minus two and a half, minus three. It's got to be the lowest spread for the Chiefs all season. I mean, I don't don't quote me on that, but my gut instinct tells me they probably have been the low at, at the lowest three point favorites in every single game. I, I love this spot. And like you said, you know, one Lamar Jackson interception for that went all the way back for a touchdown last week. And, and who knows, we might've had a different outcome. Now we know Lamar Jackson and going, getting hurt, had the concussion, but you know, to your point, uh, the bills haven't exactly uh, looked incredible so far in the postseason. So man, going into arrowhead against a, fired up Kansas City team and Mahomes coming off an injury probably want to prove everyone wrong that he's fine and you know that the injuries aren't going to haunt him at all like <laughs> give me the Chiefs by 100 man <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be interesting uh in terms of their spread this year uh they were my they closed minus okay. two and a half at New Orleans although that line was th- that line was three all week and week 17, they were plus three and a half at home versus the Chargers, but right. that's a throw up. Right. Home okay. So play. two and a half was uh, the lowest. And I mean, they were on the road there. So you got to think that if that game is in Kansas city, we're looking at a four, maybe five, five and a half point spread. So four, yeah, yeah, four and a half. Yeah. At least. Uh, all right. I'm with you on everything there. Uh, let's go to the early game. Uh, Brady versus Rogers bucks Packers. Uh, Packers currently somewhere between minus three and minus three and a half. It looks like most of it is minus three and juiced up at minus 120. Over under 51. 
Um, what are your I initial like thoughts over on this here? One? And uh, it's really similar to about uh, really similar to the Chiefs. I I just like the Packers. I think we're seeing a rematch here of Super Bowl one, and we're gonna see. Aaron Rodgers with Patrick Mahomes uh, down there in Tampa Bay competing for the Lombardi Trophy. I think the Packers have just looked awesome. Uh, like the Chiefs last year, last week, they scored on every single possession in the first half, and they would have scored even more had there been more time in the first half. I, I think it's amazing what Tampa Bay's done. I think it's amazing what Tom Brady's done, been able to do to bring the Buccaneers to this position. But I just think they're going up against a different beast here. And, you know, they, they took care of business against New Orleans, against New Orleans last week, but... Let's just, let's face it. That was not the Drew Brees that we remember from from all these years. And he Drew Brees really looked like a shell of himself last week. So going against the MVP this week, I, I like the Packers to cover three and a half. I think they win by a touchdown. Uh, I am with you on this one also. Uh, again, I think that it's going to start a little slow. Uh, I do like the first half, first quarter, first half under live in game over. Uh, I already bet the Packers at minus three, and I also bet them at plus three and a half in a teaser, which is something that I <laughs> always say, never, ever, ever do this, is go through the zero. But I can't see Green Bay losing right. by more than a field goal. So if you can get the plus three and a half, go for it. Throw throw all the rules out the window. It's uh, yeah. conference championship week, so screw it. Um, it look, I, I there's no reason for me to bet against Brady – in the playoffs. And I don't think there's any reason for people to be concerned about Brady going into the cold. Obviously he's used to it in new England. However, just because Brady is used to cold doesn't mean that the rest of his teammates are, this is a team that's from Florida going into what we expect to be very frigid conditions. Uh, no wind, but it's going to be sub 20 degrees. Uh, that isn't easy. Uh, the good news for Brady is the games at, at uh, pretty early in green Bay, not past his nap time. Um, but I, I think the Bucks will struggle with the weather and b- being used to it, uh, especially defensively. I think the Packers can be able to throw the ball a lot. Uh, also, the fact that Carlton Davis is not going to play this week, I don't think, because of a concussion he sustained last week. Huge, huge issue for them uh, covering Green Bay's uh, wide receivers. I think that Green Bay is going to be able to run the ball. Um, but I, I don't think that the Bucks are going to have trouble scoring themselves. Um, so I, I kind of do lean towards the over, although I think it will come, uh, come down yeah, as no, the I, game I, goes along. Um, I, I just can't, I can't bet against Rogers. I guess it's just kind of the same thing. It's like, right. I'm not betting against Rogers at home. No chance. And this, is, this seems like a season of destiny for no, them. More I, than I any completely other agree. I like the over here as well at 51 and a half. I think it can come down as well. And I would, I think it'd be great to bang that later when it does come down. I. Uh, we got some sad news for the green for Green Bay today as well. Ted Thompson passed away, their former GM, a guy who had drafted a lot of these players, including Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think there's added motivation there for the Packers as well. They'll obviously pay tribute to Ted Thompson before the game. Those guys are gonna be fired up. Rodgers one game away from the Super Bowl, first ever NFC Championship game at Lambeau. We've seen some of the bad luck he's had, especially at, against Seattle in previous years. Man, I. I think this is a great spot, especially from a gambling gambling perspective. I think Packers minus three and a half. I just love it. All right. Uh, so we're both on <laughs> so the that same means page, so you want to parlay Bucks um, and Bills money line, obviously. Yeah, the Bucks and the Bills, for sure. Absolutely. 
All right, let's move on to our fantasy gambling uh, part of the podcast. We'll make it uh, quick for everybody. Uh, first one up, Aaron Jones minus five and a half versus Leonard I'm a little concerned that Rojo is getting back involved in the in the uh, in the offense after missing some time with an injury. But Tampa ran the ball 30 times last week, and Leonard Fournette and Rojo both got their carries. And Fournette's really um, has been uh, really impactful in the passing game too. I think Tampa Bay is going to be trailing. They're going to use Fournette in the passing game. And on the flip side, Green Bay is using that three-headed monster with Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and, and A.J. Dillon. So I, I like Fournette here with with the five and a half. Yeah, uh, I kind of think that your last point's the most important one is that they're not depending on Jones as much as they were before. Uh, I think that Jones will get in the end zone. It seems to get in the end zone every game, but I don't think he's going to have the sort of volume that you would expect. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. playoff Lenny came to play. It was the most impressive Fournette performance in maybe his whole career. Uh he looked great, and I think he's going to have some sec- success against the Packers rushing D, which can be had. Uh, that's probably the weakest unit on the field is them against the rush. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the Buccaneers go heavy on that, try to shorten the game a little bit. Um, so I will take Fournette plus five and a half in that one also. Uh, let's move on to number two, Devontae Adams minus four and a half. Uh, versus I'm Mike taking Devontae short and sweet. He's just – no one can guard him. We saw what he did last week to Jalen Ramsey. He actually made Jalen Ramsey look foolish a couple of times. Uh Give me 17. He's got a big game ahead of him. So I'm with you on this one, too. I think that, obviously, the Carlton Davis, what I mentioned earlier, him not playing most likely, that helps Adams. Uh, Evans, we'll see who ends up guarding him. If it's Jair Alexander, big problem for Evans. Uh, If Antonio Brown doesn't play also, they'll load up on Evans even more. Um, So I think everything here points to Devontae having a huge game and Evans maybe being held in check just a hair. Uh, let's go on third one, Josh Allen, minus one and a half versus Patrick Mahomes. This price has some yeah, injury absolutely. protection. If Mahomes is out it. there, uh, let me, I'm taking him as the underdog every time. Just that offense too hard to stop Buffalo. Great season, but I think this is Mahomes this week. I will take Allen in this one only because Mahomes isn't going to be scrambling. Usually he's good in the playoffs specifically for 30 yards, maybe a touchdown every other game. Although, he scored a rushing touchdown in like six straight wow. playoff games or something like that. Some crazy stat. Um, but I don't think he's going to be doing that this week. So, and Allen, if the Bills are going to score points, Allen's going to get a rushing touchdown. So I will go with Allen here, although I do have Mahomes in the game. All right. Uh, last one, Stefan Diggs. I, minus a half earlier, I think Kansas City is going to do whatever they can to double cover Stefan Diggs and make other players beat beat them. I'm going to take Tyreek Hill, even though I don't feel good about it because Stephon Diggs continues to ball out every single week, but we're talking about uh, two alphas here. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill. So I got to go Diggs here only because everybody said all year, oh, we're going to try to stop Stephon Diggs. But great. <laughs> the dude has like 150 receptions this year. You can't really stop him. So I actually think that he's going to have a big game in terms of uh, volume reception wise. I don't know how many yards he's going to be able to get. Um, but I can see have him having like nine or 10 catches. So I will take Diggs here. Uh, I just don't know with the Reek thing, you know, who's going to be involved. Is it going to be a Kelsey game? Is it a Reek game? Do they bring on like McCall Hardman got a lot of play last week? Are they going to try and run the ball if Clyde's back? Um, I feel more confident that Diggs is going to get more targets and more volume. So I will take, uh, I'll take Stephon Diggs on that one. Uh, all right. Uh, we have our last uh, part of the podcast, uh, Mike. So we got our best bets, and we're not going to do breakout stars this week. 
We'll do your X factor bet, for both games. Uh, as much as Kansas City minus two and a half, I think is also awesome. You know, lowest spread it's been for them at home outside of week 17 when Mahomes didn't play. I'm going to go Packers minus three and a half. You kind of mentioned it, team of destiny. It just seems like everything's falling into place for them. They still got that bad taste in their mouth after what happened in the NFC Championship game last year to San Francisco. Got blown out, out up there in the Bay Area. I just love Packers minus three and a half this week. I just think that's the best bet. And then my X factor, I'm going to start X factors for both games. I'm going to start with Tampa Bay and Green Bay. And I think the pass rush, so not specifically one guy, but the pass rush for Tampa Bay is, is really could be a difference maker. And if there is a way that Tampa Bay can come out of Lambeau with an upset victory, I think this is the way the, the first game in week five that these two teams met. Tampa combined for five sacks. So I'm really keeping my eyes out at JPP, Shaquille Barrett, seeing how those guys can can get to seeing if those guys can get to Rodgers and also how Todd Bowles utilizes uh Devin White and Levante David in the in the blitz game and the pass rush game as well. So pass rush for Tampa Bay, I think that's imperative. And then going to Buffalo and Kansas City, I think it's the the likes of John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Gabriel Davis. You know. You're right. No one's been able to stop Stephon Diggs so far this season, but I think that's a, a big reason why Buffalo has had so much success. If I'm Kansas City, I'm doing whatever it takes to contain Stephon Diggs as much as possible and making these other guys beat me. So I think uh, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, I think at least two of them need to make some big plays uh, down the field for uh, for Buffalo to win. All right, I like those. Uh, my best bet, I'm going to go with a teaser here. Green Bay plus three, Buffalo plus nine. Uh, it's not that I think the Buffalo's going to win this game, but Kansas City hasn't won a game by more than six points in like two months. So I will take Buffalo plus nine there. And Green Bay, as I decided before, screw going through the zero, throwing it out. I don't think they're losing by more than the field goal. So I'll take that one. Uh, X factors for me. Uh, a guy I talked about last week for Green Bay, Alan Lazard. Uh, I think he's going to have to come up big in this game. Uh, if they do, if, Tampa Bay just decided to move everybody towards the Adams side. Just like last week, we were worried about Ramsey being all over Adams. Uh, someone else is going to have to come up big, and I think it's going to be Lazard. Uh, for the Kansas City-Buffalo game, two of them here. Uh, one, the Kansas City defensive line. Um, I'm going to kind of go positional groups on this side. Uh, being able to rush Josh Allen, keep him in the pocket. Uh, don't let him scramble. I think that's huge for them. They can keep him in the pocket. I think the Kansas City has a great chance to win the game. Uh, for Buffalo, I will say, I think it's going to end up being the line, linebackers, but even if it's the nickel corner, whoever's guarding Travis Kelsey is the uh, X factor. If you're able to <laughs> slow him down a little bit, I think that as much as Tyreek Hill's a dynamic playmaker and Mahomes' arm is absolutely elite and their running game can be good at times, mm -hmm. this offense, the engine is Travis Kelsey. He's the guy you always throw to when you need 10 yards, 15 yards. He just... He moves the chains. He gets things done. And if you're able to slow Kelsey down at all, at all, you change the entire complexity of their offense. Uh, so I think that's the X factor for Buffalo. They're going to have to focus on, on Kelsey and try to figure out a way to stop him. Um, and as we looked at, look, the, the, I would say the two greatest teams of the last, I don't know, decade and a half. So we're going to the Patriots, and I think that Kansas City is turning into a bit of a dynasty. You're talking about two of the top five tight ends of all time. Yeah, there's a reason that they're so valuable. Uh, so you got you got to be able to slow those guys down. Uh, so I, I think yeah, if they're no, able to I, do I that. Like they have it. a good I chance of winning. Great. A um, 
similar to the Stephon Diggs thing. It's like no one's been able to cover Travis Kelsey all week, all year, really his entire career. So, uh, hey, if Buffalo yeah. can find an answer for that, I, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, that does it for this week. Uh, we will be back with at least a pod, maybe two before the Super Bowl. Uh, until then, Mike, stay well, and uh, we will talk to you later. Thank <music> you.